Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi there again and welcome to the Explaining History podcast and uh, I'm going to look at um, a mixture of ideas that were um, a play in America in the uh, period immediately after the Second World War in, in late 1945. There was a, a kind of uh, an, an interplay, an ebb and flow between isolationism and internationalism uh, in some ways, um, isolationism was uh, in retreat uh, at the beginning of 1945, um, the uh, uh, and, and midway through through the year, with the successful uh, defeat of Nazi Germany. Then, in uh, August, uh, Imperial Japan, um, there was a belief amongst um, uh, widespread in America about the uh, the utility. Uh, and the value of multilateral organisations such as the United Nations and the uh, the Bretton Woods institutions of the IMF and the World Bank uh, that had been established um, the year before. However, uh, the um, Republican Party and various uh, figures on the political right uh, spent a considerable amount of time and energy in 1945 and 1946, creating all manner of conspiracy theories uh, about uh, international organisations and about uh, the relationship, the imagined relationship between communism and the United Nations. Um, and part of the kind of the end game of all of this was to um, suggest that the the war record of America, or particularly of the Roosevelt administration, was somehow kind of compromised because of these connections to the founding of the United Nations uh, and other uh, international uh, multilateral organisations, uh, which inevitably uh, meant that um, America had dealings and had to make compromises with the Soviet Union. Uh, America had been in a formal alliance with the Soviet Union from 1941 onwards and in the wartime conferences there were some pretty uh, grubby compromises that the Americans and the British 
had to make with the Soviet Union. And all of this was uh, great fodder for um, the Republicans, and particularly the right of the Republican Party uh, in 1945 uh, to 46. One of the reasons why it was so important for them to use this kind of, um, uh, these sorts of smear tactics, is because not only had Roosevelt become a, um, a beloved national figure during the, the Second World War, his popularity uh, remained uh, pretty high throughout the war, but also in economic terms, it was uh, the, the, uh, the economic argument as a result of the, the New Deal and the massive mobilisation during the war, the economic argument had been won by the Democrats. Uh, I um, shy away from uh, suggesting that it was a, a particularly a left-wing economic argument, though um, some have characterised Roosevelt's second New Deal as being further towards the left. Certainly, it was an economic... It was a... a Keynesian economic argument of demand stimulation, uh, of uh, state intervention of the regulation of markets uh, and um, the uh, empowerment of workers in order for them to become more full participants in the economy and their doing so uh, being have the, 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 the competence to work and consume uh, and to have stability uh, and therefore to become economic actors to get the economy going again. Roosevelt wasn't particularly on the left, nor was he uh, particularly a figure of the right. He was uh, rather similar to the kind of the modern technocratic careerist politician we would understand to today. He was interested primarily in what seemed to work. Now, what we're going to do is we're going to look at David Coates' uh, The Great Fear, which is an excellent book. David Coates, a brilliant um, uh, historian of political ideas, um, and um, he writes, In 1945, isolationism was at its lowest ebb, or dared not show its grimace to the f- uh, in the face of general euphoria. The nascent United Nations received bipartisan support in the 1944 uh, presidential campaign and remarkable public support. Several isolationist congressmen and senators lost their seats. The Senate consented to the UN Charter by 89-2. And now if you compare that to the rejection of the Treaty of Versailles and the creation of the League of Nations, um, that's quite telling. Eisenhower, um, then a general, um, returned late in 1945 from a trip to Moscow to announce that both the United States and the Soviet Union were anti-colonialist and each wanted friendship with the other. Only gradually did the fear spread that liberal internationalism would involve higher taxes and government control of the economy. That that aid would go straight into the pockets of socialists and ungrateful foreigners to create a global welfare state for the indigent and envious. Such attitudes flourish particularly among older people, country people, people of low education, who are easy prey to anti-communist rhetoric. So there is a kind of... Uh, it seems very familiar, actually... A sort of like a pool of ideas uh, and suspicions and paranoias that can be uh, easily uh, exploited. Um, that uh, uh, the, the the chief one being that American taxpayers will wind up paying for somebody else somewhere else 
that the uh, that that um, uh, that is not of their choice, um, and that um, somehow um, monies will be uh, leached out of America. Now there was an acute uh, anxiety during the war, or a kind of a, a um, sensitivity uh, around aid to Britain. Not only were there uh, German Americans and Irish Americans that didn't want to see Britain helped uh, one bit, but also many Americans thought that, uh, uh, with some you know great degree of justification, that um, the British were trying to cling on to their empire, which they were. And that American soldiers should not fight and die in order for the British to control uh, colonies like uh, India or Burma. Uh, in part because of a, a sense of solidarity with um, colonised peoples, um, people particularly people who have been colonised by the British, but also um, a belief that the, the British with their colonies were rigging the game of world trade and shutting off world markets from uh, America. Well... When a Labour government is elected to power in Great Britain in 1945, committed to uh, a programme of nationalisation and expansion of the welfare state, um, there were uh, American commentators who labelled this as communism. Um, It's fair to say that this was an expansion of social democracy, but whether you could even call it socialism is is questionable. David Coate writes, Colonel Robert R. McCormick, proprietor of the Chicago Tribune, backed uh, American Union, uh, American Action Inc., heir to America First. America First, obviously, the uh, um, isolationist um, organization um, established by Charles, or fronted by Charles Lindbergh before the Second World War. Um, which had its uh, its own kind of fascist leanings. Supported by uh, uh, Lamotte Dupont, Upton Close, and others, these are kind of major major oligarchic figures. Um, this organisation acted as a, acted as a lightning rod for anti-British, anti-democratic, and sometimes anti-Semitic sentiment. The British Labour government's rapid introduction of nationalisation measures and a welfare state exacerbated fears of socialism as a halfway house to communism. But the irrational or symbolic elements in the new anti-communist mythology outweighed rational ones. Resentments about style and privilege about aloof East Coast Ivy League intellectuals whose allegiances resided in uh, the Mid-Atlantic or further East and who aped the manners of British aristocrats while pouring American taxes into the pockets of British socialists these passions also fueled um, the new doctrine of domestic anti-communism. McCormick's Chicago Tribune described Dean Acheson in 1949 as a striped-pants snob who ignores the people of Asia and betrays the true Americanism to serve as a lackey of the Wall Street bankers, British lords, communist radicals from New- and communist radicals from New York. Senator Hugh Butler of Nebraska said of Aitchison, I want his smart Alec manner and his British clothes and that new dealism and I want to shout, get out, get out, you stand for everything that has been wrong with the United States for years. It's really interesting that they, they talk about 
um, a uh, smart East Coast intellectual um, type of America, vision of America that they hate, very internationalist, very kind of elitist, that sort of liberal, liberal elitism, um, uh, and very kind of Anglo-centric. It's almost as if they're describing Roosevelt. Roosevelt was all of those things. Roosevelt was as close to aristocracy in America as you get in a republic. Um, and from a, a kind of a, a long and well-educated and, and well-established sort of um, New York State dynasty. So um, there was, there were, were on, the, uh, on the right, there were these huge simmering resentments um, towards a, a kind of a conception of America that seemed to have been created during the war. And these resentments are very easily articulated to people in um, small-town America, in the Midwest, uh, in rural America, um, who um, looked upon America's involvement in the war as perhaps necessary, but uh, any other um, foreign involvements after that, particularly the spending of American money on this place Europe that seemed to be nothing but trouble uh, as um, a way of um, doing no good. So uh, there was a kind of a, a useful attack line here um, regarding foreign policy and this would become accentuated through the, um, uh, through the anti-communist period uh, and Britain and its new Labour government become an, an, an interesting way of focusing um, American resentments. And Britain and America throughout the war, despite what war movies might suggest, have an often quite fractious relationship diplomatically and strategically uh, and over the question of, uh, of... Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
money. The British come to America in 1945, John Maynard Keynes comes to America in 1945 to negotiate a, a loan um, which has on it eventually, um, it was a, a grant that the British wanted and hope they should be entitled to just a gift of money um, uh, to uh, help uh, stabilise the pound and they believed that they were entitled to that money because of Britain's uh, uh, loan struggle uh, from 1940, uh, during 1940 and its um, uh, ability to hold out against the Nazis. Well, US uh, senators and, and, and representatives were not convinced by this argument um, and uh, the British, uh, uh, the grant becomes a loan and it becomes a loan for much less than the British had hoped for. Um, of Britain, um, uh, or of, of Dean Aitchison, the Secretary of State, uh, McCarthy said, uh, this is being Joseph McCarthy, the uh, anti-communist uh, witch hunter in chief uh, later on, said, his primary loyalty in international affairs seems to run to the British Labour government. His secondary allegiance to the Kremlin. The and this is David Cote again, the 1946 loan to Britain was opposed by 122 of the 183 Republicans voting in the House, McCarthy demanded that all British ships uh, trading with Red China be sunk. Um, the United Nations, he said, was dominated by the socialist government of Britain and the racist totalitarian government of India, both of whom were plotting to thrust America out of the Far East. A magazine in 1947 called Plain Talk, an extreme right-wing um, uh, organisation, um, put forward the uh, United Nations um, communism conspiracy theory. Um, it suggested that uh, the uh, United Nations was con now controlled by Stalin, um, and the magazine focused on Trivki Lee, who was the first General Secretary of the United Nations, and wrote, Trivki Lee stands tall in the UN. Um, it, question mark. Uh, the question mark uh, was later removed in a, a, a subsequent reprinting of the article. Trivki Lee's election in January 1946 um, had been in the eyes of plain talk, uh, Moscow's doing. In July 1949, the Senate Judiciary Subcommittee on Immigration under Pat McCarran heard a mystery witness testify in closed session that the UN Secretariat under Trivgi Lee was terrorised by Reds. Two days later, the subcommittee released a bitter attack against Lee. Uh, despite protests from him, um, who was actually quite a... Trivgi Lee was actually... Uh, in the position that he was in because he was a fairly reliable anti-communist. The committee under McCarran continued to make these uh, sort of fairly wild and unsubstantiated uh, accusations. Um, John S. Wood, who was chairman of the uh, House Committee on American Activities, um, said in 1951 uh, that... UNESCO, the United uh, Nations Educational and Cultural Organization, was 
the greatest subversive plot in, in, in history. Now, the interesting thing here is that these, this all sounds very familiar. This all sounds like kind of um, the, sort of, the, the, the sort of things that the, the Trump administration come out with today. Um, and I can't think for a moment that any of them are of the, the kind of the uh, intellectual calibre or the uh, intellectual kind of seriousness to uh, have spent any time researching uh, 1940s United Nations conspiracy theories uh, and, and go to the time and effort to, to recycle them. No, there's a more simple explanation in that these ideas in America have never really gone away. They have perhaps during periods uh, of the Cold War been suppressed, but these are um, nativist, nationalist, isolationist ideas that were able to be given the, the, the flavour of anti-communism during the Cold War. Communism became the explanatory tool for um, uh, Americans who had no uh, deeper knowledge of world affairs as to what the UN was, what the UN represented to the fringe extreme right was the um, ability to prevent America from acting unilaterally if it chose to, um, and America had demonstrated its military might during the war, that it was a power more than capable of acting unilaterally, um, and that multilateralism would mean um, a redistrib redistribution of global wealth a, away from um, very rich America to all number of, uh, of poor and impoverished countries. So, um, the, uh, the and this represents one of the kind of the the, the bywords for for what the American might viewed communism as being a subsidy from the rich to the poor uh, or uh, an undeserved handout. However, the uh, isolationist right weren't the only players uh, in the the kind of the uh, anti-communist foreign policy game. Uh, David Cote writes. In the eyes of Truman and the Cold War internationalists, Stalin had betrayed the spirit of Yalta and Potsdam, which he had indeed had. For Truman's Republican and isolationist opponents, Yalta itself was a betrayal of the national interest by pro-communist New Dealers. Few, say, few dared to say so at the time. Indeed, the Yalta Agreement received almost unanimous praise in the press in February 1945, but later, as Cold War tensions stiffened, conservatives criticised the agreements about Eastern Europe and Poland's post-war borders, about occupation zones and reparations in Germany, and about the ceding of certain territorial rights to Russia in the Far East. Conservatives were also irritated about the secrecy of the Yalta Conference, the refusal to consult or inform the Congress, um, uh, Congress and the public. Truman enraged uh, Taft, William Taft, by refusing to publish the agreement. When in 1955 the full text was released, it revealed no further secret agreements. Part of this was all about trying to um, undermine, as I said previously, the, uh, the war record of Roosevelt and the Democrats. 
um, one of the, the great Republican tricks was to present the Democrats as being um, weak, soft on communism, perhaps suspiciously soft on communism, um, and willing to compromise with it, and perhaps actually willing to collaborate with communism, perhaps if the envelope could be pushed out that far, um, which of course is completely untrue. Um, and the uh, thinking, uh, the, the subtext was, was that the New Deal had been essentially some kind of act of socialism, which again, I don't believe it was. I believe the New Deal was uh, the intervention of the state in order to protect the capitalist system in America um, and not to um, democratise it in the interests of labour, which might be a, a more socialist idea. Um, but the the stick to beat the 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 Democrats with was this uh, relate wartime relationship of entirely of necessity with the Soviet Union, and therefore all other uh, international relations um, and um, international agreements were suspect uh, as a result. Now, this becomes important because it becomes a, a founding idea of the anti-communist uh, right in the Republican Party. Um, and when events happen like the, uh, the loss of China to communism uh, and the Korean War, uh, then we reach a new level of, of hysteria where open accusations of uh, treachery are revealed. When it turns out, when the uh, intelligence, the ultra decrypts, uh, show that indeed there were Soviet spies in Roosevelt's administration and that Roosevelt had back chance to the Soviet Union and that probably Harry Dexter White was uh, one of so uh, Roosevelt's closest advisors was indeed a Soviet agent or passing uh, uh, information to the Soviet Union. When Alger Hiss um, is accused of um, being a Soviet agent um, and when there are other key events uh, of this of this nature that seem to show to the public that indeed um, there were um, uh, key failings or deliberate failings by the Democrats uh, during the war, um, and that information did flow freely uh, from uh, west to east. Uh, the case of the, the the Rosenbergs and the Los Alamos spying um, is 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 a kind of a, a good example. Not only does that prove to Republican voters that there must be some kind of conspiracy afoot, but it also um, proves to Truman that there is no there is no political capital in um, appearing to be soft on communism, and there is everything to be gained from uh, adding to anti-communist policies, so essentially having your, having your own Democrat witch hunt long before the Republicans are, are in power. And it was actually Republican President um, Eisenhower who took the, the dimmest view later on of Senator Joseph McCarthy, who we will uh, turn to uh, in due course. 
Anyway, thanks very much for listening. Um, I hope you're enjoying uh, the Explaining History podcast at the moment. Really, I'm really trying to put out as much content as possible uh, during these difficult and strange times that we're in. If you haven't listened to it, listen to um, Friday's podcast with myself, with David Dean Barrett. It's an amazing, amazing, fascinating discussion we had together, and uh, David has assured me he'll be back on the show uh, in the near future. Uh, to talk about other aspects of uh, of military history. Um, anyway, thanks very much. All the best. And if you can, check us out uh, at the Explaining History Patreon page. All contributions gratefully accepted. And do come and find us at the Explaining History uh, Facebook group where we, we talk about history and uh, contemporary issues as well. Thanks very much. All the best. Bye-bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.